0: Hello and welcome into another episode of Grass is always greener. I'm your host, Ryan Elke, and let's just wrap up basketball season. had to take a few days to just watch the tournament, just deal with MSU falling apart against UCLA. And now moving on to spring practice, spring football, it's here. Uh, that can that can heal us of our pain, right? Let's hope so let's get into it. Ready. One, two. Welcome to another episode of Grass Is Always Greener. Here's your host, Ryan Elke. Welcome into to another episode of Grass Is Always Greener. I'm your host, Ryan Elke. Find the podcast um, on Twitter at AlwaysGreenMSU. Find me on Twitter, Ryan, E-L underscore key, K-E-Y. And... Find the podcast anywhere, Google, Apple, Spotify, Podcast.com. Go on there, leave a five star review. Only five stars, please. My ego can't take another hit. Um, if you want a question of the show, email me or grass is always at gmail.com. And let let's get into let's let's wrap up basketball. Let's let's just do it. Um, MSU falls in the first four game to UCLA. I won't spend too much time on it because it's, it's been a few days. Um, MSU looked good in the first half, shooting the lights out, up 44-33 to 33 at the end of the first half, and then UCLA just comes storming back. And I think we all knew if that game got to overtime how that game was going to turn out, and that's what happened. MSU getting outscored 9-3 to in overtime. And it's it was Purdue 2.0. The the that's what it felt like in the second half of like they're just gonna blow it, they're just gonna blow it. And granted, if you look at just the stats, like they're the overall team stats: forty-seven and a half percent from the field, thirty-three percent from three, which isn't bad. Thirty-three rebounds. 16 assists like those aren't awful numbers it was the defense that was just awful Uh, I believe in the last episode when previewing UCLA Says team doesn't like to shoot threes they can shoot them well But they like to work inside and get easy buckets that being said When you leave them wide ass open on the three-point line They will take that shot and they will make it and that's exactly what they did. They went nine for eighteen on threes. You have Johnny Jaquez, believe that's his or Jamie Jaquez going for twenty seven. Was on fire. Do the averages eleven points. They have Jujang going for twenty three. And that was their offense. Yeah, Cody Riley and Bernard each had eleven four scores and double digits, but That's just what it was, and Rocket Watts, another bad game for MSU, 4-12 of shooting, 9 points, couldn't get to 10, MSU's recordably, they're undefeated when Rocket Watts goes for 10, and the season faltered on the MSU team that has always been, that that has wasn't that two-week blip where they fought back their ways into the tournament. It was the rest of the sample size where it's like, yep, this is the team. This is the team. And I know kind of hindsight is fun when you look at how the bracket played out. UCLA, they beat BYU. Texas loses to Albalon Christian. And UCLA gets to face them in the round of 32, beats them by 20, moves on to the Sweet 16. It's fun to say, okay, like, well, if MSU would have just held on, we could have been in that position. It's fun to say that, but do we really think that's how it would have happened the way this team has been this year? I mean, maybe I'm a little more cynic <laughs> than the rest of y'all, but I felt it was just like, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. They lost. The season's over. I felt like there was a kind of a weight off our shoulders of just like, for us fans, it was the. It was our hardest season to watch in 25 years. And despite the great run to get into the tournament, it was great that they were able to extend the streak for Tom Izzo. 23 straight years, now the second active longest streak with Duke not making the tournament this year. But it is what it is. Season's over and we can just move on, and there are brighter days ahead for MSU basketball. This isn't the the start of, like, the Mark D'Antonio fall from grace. Like, we're not going to see whole recruiting classes dive out because of, you know, insubordination from the students. Like, yeah, we can bitch and moan about Kithier and Lawyer, but they're not Donnie Corley and Robertson and – those guys getting completely kicked off campus because of sexual assault charges. A little different. And then having a the whole like Curtis Blackwell situation, you know, arise that it did for D'Antonio where recruiting in the, in Detroit becomes impossible because he was your Detroit person. So a little different because MSU does have a great recruiting class coming in. Christie Aiken and Pierre Brooks. Uh, that's a great class right there. And MSU being in the transfer market, possibly adding one more. Um things things will be fine. Now as for what the roster, I'll get into the yeah, let's get in the roster right now. There's also one other thing I wanna bring up after the fact and we'll talk about the tournament a little bit but um, as for the roster going into next year uh there's going to have to be some attrition as as of right now Josh Langford he's gone he's saying he's you know he played his last game for MSU he's going to launch his next step whether it's seeking an extra year as a graduate transfer or just moving on to the next step of his life great Josh, thanks for everything You're a great Spartan, wish you stayed healthy Aaron Henry After testing the waters last year The way he kind of carried this team this year He should be going pro Don't see any type of situation of him coming back next year So if that happens That would leave MSU at No roster spots available so that's with the three signees of so Brooks, Christie, and Aikens. Um, then there's news today that MSU has been kind of throwing their name in the transfer portal hat of, of trying to get some guys. So you have guys like Marcus Carr out there from Minnesota, which, <coughs> which would be a great ad. And uh, MSU's name has been kind of thrown around like, yeah, they've poked around, they're interested. And then there's um, the Tyson Walker of Northeastern. So he gave his like final six uh, decision to come this weekend between Maryland, Michigan State, Texas, Kansas, Vanderbilt, and Miami. So to know a little bit more about Tyson Walker, I'm getting my stats from Spartan Hoops. Great follow on Twitter with uh, Spartan Hoops DK and Soulja, spelled S-E-O-U-L-J-A-A. Uh, Walker averaged almost 19 points a game, five assists a game, two and a half steals, shot 77% from the free throw line, averaged almost five free throw attempts uh, in in play. So that'd be something MSU desperately needs. I know this team is really guard heavy, And you'd you'd hope to add like a big throughout the transfer portal, but the way the guards played this year, in losing Langford and Henry, I think an experienced guard is the way to go. You can ear ease in Christie Brooks and Aiken. You have Hogard coming back. You have Rocket Watts. So it add just a nice, nice piece to the puzzle and. I believe he's only sophomore, so you would have a couple of years of eligibility left, going coming into it. So, it, it, I hope it works that way. And more stats from him. Is it, dude just drives, drives can hit the floater, unlike Rocket Watts. So keep your eye out this weekend for Tyson Walker out of Northeastern to make a decision. Shoots 35% from three. Like, that would be a, a great addition to this roster to provide just some stability to that guard rotation going into next year. And that's what Michigan State needs at this point. But if for that were to happen, one more player would have to go. So for MSU hitting the transfer portal this hard... You'd think that one person is on their way out. Could it be Gabe Brown after the whole incident with Tom Izzo? Who knows? I don't think so. Because everyone thought Aaron Henry was going to transfer out after his dust-up with Izzo his freshman year. I mean, I think we're all hoping that it'd be Thomas Kithier, or foster lawyer. I don't see foster lawyer transferring. As much as some fans would want him to, being a captain this year, rehabbing an injury, I really don't know if there would be a market for him in the transfer portal, unknowing if he's going to be healthy going into the next season. So my best guess would be Thomas Kithier. After starting the first half of the season, to basically not being in any rotation towards the end of the year. That'd be my best guess, but it's also hard to say that he will because, you know, went to the same high school as foster lawyer, didn't get to play at Clarkston because he's from I believe the Macomb area and MHSA wouldn't clear him to go play at Clarkston. So who knows, but that my one guess would be Kithier. And Jack Hoyberg, he was on scholarship this year as a one year scholarship because MSU had the extra one this year, so he won't be on scholarship next year going into a senior year but well we'll see because by the looks of it it would have to be Thomas Kithier <laughs> it just has to it just has to be and honestly he could go to a Mac school and do pretty damn well for himself like the Mac is void of big guys that can produce Thomas Kithier would go right in and Having Big Ten experience, I think you do find they're averaging like 12 and 8. So, we we keep our eye out just this weekend just to see how this transfer portal works out for the basketball team. Um, Going now, touching on the NCAA tournament. Um, It's been fun. It's been freaking crazy. See Ohio State. Ohio State lose to Oral Roberts. See Illinois go down to Loyola, Chicago. feel like that's some instant karma coming back for, for Illinois for talking so much shit during the year. Like, we deserve the Big Ten championship. We're the best team. Yeah. And then lose to the real Chicago team, Loyola, Chicago. Like, sorry, Illinois. You are what you are. Like, there's a reason why you haven't made a Sweet 16 in 16 years. See, Purdue, the only team from Indiana in the tournament, losing the first round in North Texas. That's Purdue, though. Purdue is, their ceiling is Sweet 16. And that's Matt Painter in the tournament in a nutshell. Having a higher seed, looking like a a team that could make a good challenge For some of the top seeds in their bracket And falling apart That's Purdue And then you have Michigan here Michigan fans touting their chest Which hey it's a great season They looked fine Against Texas Southern Won by like 14 or whatever Escaped by LSU In A game that they didn't They didn't play well and we know this LSU team. We saw them two years ago in the tournament in State. They're a very athletic team. It seems like they don't know how to play basketball the best way, but they got they put five athletes on the floor. Like you can see how they win games, but can they sustain a whole tournament run? No, LSU cannot. And Michigan fans right back on their high horse. But of course, Michigan fans couldn't enjoy The fact that their school was winning In the tournament They spent their entire weekend saying Well MSU streak doesn't count Because they didn't really make the tournament They only made the first four That's not the tournament Hey A Yes it is B We're going to take it We're in the tournament It didn't work out the way you hoped so C Michigan fans are losers This is Michigan fans in a nutshell While they tout they're the best at everything, no matter what, would take Juwan Howard. Players would take Juwan Howard over Coach K, John Calipari, and Bill Self any day of the week. Juwan Howard's the best coach in college basketball. Yes, Michigan fans are saying that. That Juwan Howard is more appealing than any coach in college basketball right now. That their main focus of the weekend was that. Them trying to debunk that Michigan State, in fact, did not make the tournament, despite, you know, being in the tournament and on your bracket. But that just speaks to the level of losers these guys are. And I'm sure you see, I'm sure, I'm sure you all see it. I see it too. You know, being my age in my 30s, all my friends are Michigan fans because growing up, Michigan just wins a national championship in football. That's who you grow up. Uh, that's who they grew up with, and they're all stuck there. <laughs> they're all stuck thinking that all their programs are right here. Grant, Michigan basketball is a great program. We can try to defraud it, debunk it any way we want. They are. John Beeline put them in a phenomenal spot, and Jawan Howard took over and did wonders this year. But their main focus of the first weekend of the tournament was Michigan State. And it's just amazing. It's it's amazing that that, that's all, all they can ever think about. And they just don't get it. They don't. They don't understand that Michigan State takes up so much headspace in them. It's it's truly astonishing. So, anyway, I've given them enough breath on this podcast because, honestly, I'm tired of talking about, you know, all of them and, you know, the way they live their lives. But, moving on. Spring football is back. MSU started spring practice this week. It was announced, their spring schedule, the spring game, April 24th. Mel Tucker's doing Zoom conferences. Pro day was today. And it was just it was just nice. Nice to think about football again after that long basketball season. You know football season was long and not good. It was just nice to get that little taste. That Little taste again. And spring game is April 24th. The question was asked to Mel Tucker. Uh, on his Zoom earlier in the week, like, hey, are, are there going to be fans allowed at the spring game? He say it no, then a release comes out that for the, the rest of the spring semester, for the spring sports, that Big Ten officials regarding fans can follow their in-state orders when it comes to allowing fans into stadiums. So for the state of Michigan, trying to... Roughly think where that would put MSU at. And I forgot my numbers. So, like, for the Tigers opening day, they're allowing, like, roughly 8,000 fans into Comerica Park for opening day. And let me look up how much Comerica Park holds. It is 41,000. So, eight percent is about twenty percent doing quick math, yeah, roughly like twenty percent had to do my math, so if we look at Spartan Stadium is seventy five thousand, so it could be like fifteen thousand, but for a spring game, who knows if they' let that many people in they could cap it a little under. So we'll see. No formal announcements come out on how many fans are allowed to be in there. Michigan State's working with the government to see how much they can allow. But if Comerica Park's let, letting roughly 20%, you figure the state, like the college stadiums for a spring game, would let 20% in, or as close to it as they're allowed to. Even if it's 10%, getting 7,000 fans in, it'd just be something. Be something great. Something new something we haven't experienced in a year <laughs> like I'm looking for I'm hoping to go to the spring game hoping to cover it just to be be back at a sporting event so that'll be look, looking at what to come and as for you know the roster this year a uh, lot of turnover Grant, I haven't Familiarize myself with the entirety of the spring roster because there has been tons of changes. Um, you know, Matt Dotson, he's not playing this year the tight end. I believe he suffered an injury last year and just I think he's just stepping away from football. Jordan Reed, who sat out all of last year, the right tackle. Um, he's not on the spring roster. Uh, a lot of transfers coming in. Uh, Brandon Wright, former running back, he's moved to defensive end, so <laughs> adding some speed <laughs> onto the defense. And as for the linebacking core, I know that's kind of a big concern. Big transfer pickup, bringing Tank. Um, yeah, what's what's his last name? I want I want to say Johnson, but I know that's not right. Tank Brown. There we go. Tank Brown coming in from Minnesota former four star was freshman last year. So just a nice add for MSU cuz they they needed linebackers. Like Luke Fulton, Chase Klein were probably your only t- two of playing experience. So a, a great add. Uh, as for the pro day today, I uh, know MSU invited players back from 2019 of players who didn't get their pro day because it got canceled. Is a couple of days away for the entire world shut down, so they're kind of off on their own. So I know Josh Butler was back, Terry Thompson, I believe, um, Matt Seibert and Brian Lewerke. So Brian Lewerke spoke with media today, just saying, "Hey, I've been just trying to stay ready. I've been in Arizona, been in Florida. Uh, he was with the Patriots camp up until September before he got cut." And then he said, I've just been trying to stay ready because I had a, got a call from the Colts in the middle of the season, but they didn't want to bring me in because of the protocols that I would take to get me in there for a tryout. So players that went undrafted last year had a really hard time trying to pick up that second team to go on because they can't go tryout. So it's pro day, giving them second chance. Nice to see and then Shakur Brown, Naquan Jones, Antoine Simmons on display for MSU's pro day today. And from the tweets that I see, it the numbers weren't great from just the measurement standpoints and everything. Like Shakur Brown, you know, coming in at five nine, close to five ten. You know, forty was four point six one. That's not looking good. Naquan Jones, um, 40 times relevant. One good thing about Naquan is able to get his weight down. A lot of scouts were telling him, like, hey, just need you to stay in condition, get your weight down, be consistent. He goes out and works. They said, hey, get to 315. Weighs in his pro day at 313. And then uh, for media availability, uh, director of personnel, Scott Oligo is on. He comes on, like, then with his NFL experience with the Chiefs and the Browns, Stephen Brooks asked like, of 24-7, like, you know, what does it say? Or Not Stephen Brooks asked that. Someone asked it. But it says, what does it say about Naquan that he can get down to his weight? And what does it say, like, hey, you can't, why weren't you playing at that weight? And then goes into, like, you know, if I was Naquan, just say, like, hey, like, you know, I get to put the work in. When I have the resources available to me, I show that I can have that level of commitment and reach the goals that you're setting out for me. So that's what it says about Naquan, being able to get down to that weight. You know, we can all say like, well, you can play it that way at MSU. It's like, things are different. Like, it's referenced like, hey, now you're able to afford all the food your trainers are telling you to (laughs) to be eating in your own time. Your 100% focus is doing this. It's different when you're going from college to pro because, yeah, college majority of your time is football, but then you still have to take breaks to actually do school. And Naquan does finish with his degree in hand. He said, well, that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to use my extra eligibility year. Achieved my goals, got my degree, ready for the next step. So uh, as for Antoine Simmons... His numbers, again, coming at 5'11, almost six foot, 40 of 4.83. That's not good. You'd like to, for Brown, you want to see him in the four fives. For Antoine, four sixes. Like, really slow 40 times. And that's where you just hope the tape speaks more than. The tryouts or the num these little these numbers. Because MSU does have that draft streak t- still intact where they've had a they're like the fourth longest draft streak in in college football history. And I'm trying to get the exact numbers. Eighty straight years or eighty straight drafts. Back to the 1941 draft. It was tested last year. like Josiah Scott was taking like, third round, so it kind of ended early. But this year with Brown, Jones, Simmons, we might be lucky if that streak continues because maybe only one of them gets drafted. Because even last year, like I had all confidence that we really wouldn't have to worry about the draft streak. A because of Josiah Scott, but with Raquan Williams, Joe Bocce, with Kenny Willickis, all four of these guys will get drafted. Bocce and Raquan didn't. And that was like full shit. Because every, you know, every mock draft I read had all four of them getting drafted and all before like round six. So we can read all the mock drafts we want to show like, hey, these guys will be drafted. Those drafts, (laughs) those mock drafts, as much as we read them and they're fun to read, they're really never accurate. And that's the hardest part of knowing what these NFL scouts know. It's like, or what we don't know, what these NFL scouts are thinking. So that's one thing we're going to have to watch in the next couple weeks when the the draft happens. Like, will this streak continue to 81 years? Who knows? That's... That's what we're looking forward to now. Um, when the spring game, uh, attendance is a lot, uh, you know, allotment is announced. You know, I'll put it up on Twitter. Again, follow me, RyanEL underscore Key. On my Twitter right now, this video from Scott Aligo today at Pro Day, just talking about what little things um, him as a former NFL scout he he looked at in prospects and what advice he gave to MSU's guys today of, like, you know, you're on watch the entire day when you're getting dressed, talking to a friend, you know, after doing a drill when maybe you didn't have a best time, like they're making a note about every little thing, even how you greet the person at the door. So nice little insight from former, you know, NFL scout on what goes into these pro days and what people are looking at. You know, these aren't, the biggest of like things that'll keep you undrafted. They're the little things when they're flipping between you and some other guy. They're like, you know what? This is a guy we want in the building because this is the way he acts. So that's something to look at. Again, my Twitter's Ryan El underscore Key. Find the podcast on Twitter. Always Green MSU. Uh, if you just want to hear more sports talk in general, I'm on the show X's and Bros with Anthony Bellino. We are all over the state. You can listen live on michigansportsnetwork.com if you have comcast you can listen or you can watch the show on comcast 900 6 to 9 a.m. if you're in ohio in the toledo area we just jumped on bcsn on tv there as well so you can watch there but thank you for listening to another episode of grass is always greener download it subscribe apple google spotify Podcast.com. Appreciate y'all listening. Hopefully, we have some basketball news, some roster news next week. Hopefully, we have some spring game news next week. That's when I'll be back with another episode. So, thank you for listening. And as always, go green. Ready? One, two. episode of Grass is Always Greener. Make sure you subscribe. Apple, Google, or Spotify. Why not all three?